0: Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shay puts it in, and walks it off in OKC! Giddy keeps it himself, and takes it off as he glides with a finger
1: roll. What is up, and welcome to the uncontested host game podcast edition. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin, joined by my guy, TP, Taylor Peterson.
2: I don't know what to do with my hands, Jacob.
1: <laughs> There's something you can do after that one, my guy. As the Thunder beat the Portland Trailblazers 138 to 129, we're proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, dailythunder.com. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, drop a five star rating. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. The YouTube channel is getting dangerously close to that 1K subscriber mark. If this is your first time tuning into a post game live with us, all the, hey Taylor, I did <laughs> the Tuesday night Lakers game, and that post game started really late because you know we had a second halftime yeah, for we had LeBron the, exactly. And I na- I told everyone who was in here with me at like twelve thirty a.m. Central Standard Time, I said you guys are a bunch of degenerates, and everyone in the comments were part of like saying they were the degenerate <laughs> army. So shout out to all the degenerates. There was like 50 people waiting to jump in the in the room with us tonight. That's Just amazing. Ridiculous. So although I will say um when I covered
2: Monday's game it's the Warriors and we lost, nobody was nearly as excited to jump in.
1: Yeah, Hypocris. sorry about that,
2: bro. Kidding, kidding. Kidding. The
1: degenerates are out in mass tonight. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for hopping in. If this is your first time joining the live stream, go hit that subscribe button. We really want to get to that 1k mark. That'd be awesome. So help us out. What a game. Taylor, what a game!
2: I just can continue. I mean, I think maybe the first thing to mention is this is post deadline, right? And uh, you and Silva did a really good job. This wasn't posted to the podcast feeds uh, intentionally, but if you go and listen to our YouTube, or if you guys were live uh, listening to to Silva and Jacob breaking down the the deadline craziness that was in the NBA. Um, no Muscala, no Basley tonight, and obviously no Sarge uh, quite yet for OKC. Thin on the front court. And it didn't matter. It all matter. Really impressive.
1: Absolutely. Awesome game. We got so much to talk about. We're going to try to jam pack this show. 35 minutes. We got a lot to talk about though. You guys are blowing up the comment section. Don't stop. Keep them coming. Questions, comments, ridiculous takes. It don't matter. Fire them off. Taylor and I are going to hit all of them before we get out of here today. First, we have our five big takeaways. We're going to run over those real quick. We're going to do a game summary, and then Taylor and I will get a little bit deeper into those takeaways. Taylor, I had a stupid idea. So in the first quarter of this game, my guy, Michael Cage, uh, he's not the play by play I guess the color announcer for the OKC Thunder, decided to pull out an 09 Drake lyric and said, like a sprained ankle boy, I ain't nothing to play with. And so I had this stupid idea tonight, and this is kind of why you and I are starting this show a little bit late. I said, Taylor, why don't we make our five takeaways Drake lyrics in honor of Michael Cage? (laughs) Eamon's already (laughs) criticizing us because we're going to go over 35 minutes. Eamon, start the damn timer, my guy. 35 minutes. So here is our five takeaways Drake style. First one, 21 had the shooters aimed down from the nosebleeds. Pew, pew, pew. Shadow John Morant. <laughs> oh, my God. This one's from Circo Loco. Uh, the Thunder shooting is this takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, I'm all-star, Team Jordan. In my business, fourth quarter, slaughtering them boys like a handful. Silva's so going to have so much fun clipping these. Oh, my goodness. This one, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I messed that one up. So that one's just, I'm All-Star Team Jordan. Uh, the song is in my business. I'm just reading through my, my notes here. Uh, this one's all about Shea. Fourth quarter, um, the fourth quarter slaughtering in this game. That takeaway is them boys, they handful. That would be uh, Summer 16. Takeaway number four, take it to the paint, take it to the rim. That's more M's. It's all about the paint scoring. 70 points in the paint. With no traditional center starting. The last takeaway. City coming off a lockdown. This one's all about the defensive length of OKC. How are we going to talk about a defensive takeaway in a game that gave up 129 points? Don't test me. I can do it. (laughs) Taylor, first, a quick game summary. I'm going to try to go through these pretty pretty briefly. Um, I'll kind of give my notes, and then I'll have you give a takeaway from each quarter. Perfect. Uh, First quarter. Thunder starts Shay, Josh, J-Dub, Wiggins, and Kenrich Williams. Um, I thought Wiggins had a very tough game tonight. Um, the Blazers, no wonder they gave up 140-plus to OKC. They started Dame. They started Anthony Simons. And they started New Reddish. Cam Reddish. Uh, that defense was cooked from the word go. <laughs> uh, but Portland starts the game on a 10-2 run. Immediately after that, OKC goes on a 10 to three run, uh, which made it 12 to 13. Uh, I said defensive length was a problem from for Portland early on. Uh, Dame lived at the line in the first quarter. And that first quarter was basically the all star show. Shea versus Dame. Shea had 16 points. Dame had 20 points. We move on to the second quarter. Uh, this kind of ties into the oh, sorry. Go ahead. You give you give away your 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 takeaway from the first.
2: Honestly, that was mine. Shaver's Dame, and um, you mentioned the defense versatility from OKC. Obviously, that was on display, but I was a little disappointed in the effort as a whole. Just not a lot of defense being played either way. And what it, I mean, we'll obviously get into the fourth quarter. But when the defense did show up, um, that's when OKC. You know, no coincidence went on some really impressive runs. Yep. So no defense really for OKC in the first quarter. I was a little disappointed, but Shaver's game was a blast.
1: Second quarter, Trey Mann cooking. He came in at the end of the first, hit some big buckets, continued that in the second. What I thought was going to be the pivotal play of the game and the thing that we would come into this post game talking about tonight on why the Thunder lost, a five-point play by Jeremy Grant on a, uh, a reckless closeout by... Eugene Omorui, uh, newly minted full contract Thunder player, Eugene Omorui, Uh, probably made more money on tonight's game than he has the entire season on that two-way deal. So shout out to my Pretty guy, cool. Gene. Um, he fouled Grant on a three-point play. Grant hits all three free throws. Portland gets the ball back. Grant catches a pass for a baseline dunk. Five-point play. And I thought, Rott-Row, this is where the game turns. Uh, Dort came in after that uh gave his first minutes off the bench first game off the bench since uh a game in Portland uh way back in his rookie deal when he was on that two-way contract crazy yeah i know insane uh grant then got another and one hit a jumper got the foul uh so grant had 8 points on two possessions it just felt like a killer for okc but the response was Lou Dort, pull-up three. No, it wasn't pull-up. It was a catch-and-shoot three at the top of the key. Even better. Next, Very next possession on defense, he forces a moving screen, offensive foul turnover. And then the very next possession on offense, Shea gets an and one on a uh, turnaround jumper. A quick 6-0 run for OKC after going down 10. That felt like a massive shift in this game. Um, My next note. Taylor just says J Will is an effing Hooper, um, but I didn't write effing. I wrote the word, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I don't want to beep it out later. He had a play tonight. I tweeted about it, where he catches the ball on the left wing, gives a pass fake to the corner to J Dub. The defense moves. He pulls it in front of him, gives a head fake on a like a pump fake on a three. Everyone jumps out, drives. throws a lefty bounce pass to a cutting J Dub, and. Taylor, let me tell you at 10:30 p.m. on a Friday night I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> the Lord possessed my body after that one. And then he had that pump fake drive that up and under. Okay, so that was the one I thought you were That's talking the one. First. That's, yeah, yes. that's the one where I I the dropped Jada, the, the, the too much Jada sauce, was maybe my F. favorite. But yes. Yes. Oh, too much sauce. Um kind of a frantic close to the half. In that second quarter there was a possession where like the the Blazers turned it over, but I didn't think they turned it over, but OKC inbounded it like crazy fast and ran down the court and threw up something nuts. And then the Blazers, it was back and forth. It looked like the pickup game I played an hour before the game started tonight. Uh, it was ugly. Uh OKC ended the half up seventy two sixty-eight. The official offensive efficiency was insane. Uh takeaways from a second quarter, Taylor.
2: I think my biggest one was two things that you mentioned on Lou Dort. And uh, Jalen Williams, uh, j Will, uh, Arkansas, j Will. So yeah, I thought they both came in and just provide, like you said, incredible sparks. The two consecutive plays there that you mentioned, where, uh, or two consecutive possessions, I sh- should say, where Jay Will had just the ridiculous finish on that first play. Like, I can't believe he possesses those kind of things as a big man. No. And then just that dart of a pass. I mean, there were so many crazy passes like that uh, from the entire team, but to see Jay Will uh, just one-handed dart between two defenders to J-Dub was incredibly exciting. But I think what I tweeted out after the end of this quarter was, I hope Lou Dort starts next, uh, starts the, the beginning of the half, the second half, because obviously we need that on, on Dame. And what we saw is when Lou was in and guarding Dame Lillard, uh, Lou hasn't missed a step. And that was incredibly impressive to see. So that that was kind of my, my takeaway from the second quarter.
1: Perfect. Uh, third quarter. First note, uh, Aaron Wiggins struggling. He immediately fouled a jump shooter, uh, took a three, airballed it, got another foul for foul number five early on in the third. Uh, he subbed out. I forget exactly who came in for him, but Lou came in pretty quickly after that. I think Eugene came in pretty quick. Yes, that is right. That is right. And I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I
2: like Eugene. I, I, I get the, the sub, but in that situation, I would have liked to see Lou. Yeah. Uh,
1: my next note, switching defense is working great when it's set up. There were like three or four possessions in a row early in the third where they just switched everything because they weren't afraid of Drew Eubanks. Uh, No offense to Drew Eubanks. He's a good basketball player. But Drew Eubanks looks like he uh, works in a cubicle at State Farm and then comes home and puts on a Harley (laughs) Davidson t-shirt and watches WWE. (laughs) Um, That's just the vibe I get. Um, Uh, I like it. So I said switching defense is working great when it's set up. I wonder why they didn't run that against Golden State. Just a little thought I had. Uh, free throws becoming an issue. OKC needs to stop fouling. Uh, and then I noted that it just became a track meet. It was just a, an incredibly fast-paced game, up and down, lots of fouls. And another pivotal moment that I was really worried about, uh, Blazers end the quarter on a 6-0 run. That 6-0 run wasn't just a Blazers run, but it was also just a shade and Sharp run, uh, back-to-back threes Shaden to close out the quarter. Shaden had some really good flashes there, yeah. Yes, uh, and I thought, uh-oh, you're going into the fourth down by, like, two uh, on a 6-0 run. Shea's going to the bench. Third quarter takeaways, Taylor.
2: I think in the third, of the biggest thing was just Shea continues to shine. And the defensive intensity did step up a bit, uh, especially, like I said, when Luke came in. There towards, you know, what was it, like midway through the third? Yeah. Uh, Dignall really kind of found a – one thing that that really stood out to me there was, like, I noticed in the first half there was a little more. Uh, I think I'm trying to think the right term here. I think Dayton was focused a little more on like developing certain players, right? Compared to the second the, the the second half, especially there towards the latter part of the third quarter, where I saw some of these rotations tighten up, and I was like, okay, uh, Dayton wants to win this one. And I, that included Dort coming in, some of these other players coming in, defense intensity steps up. It's no coincidence. I talked about that on my post game on Monday. You mentioned it as well. I think Jake Bond Tuesday. That was my biggest takeaway, I think, from the third. And things really heat up here in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. So, first note of the fourth quarter. Blazers start on a 7-0 run. Dating back to the end of the third quarter, that is a 13-0 Blazers run. Thunder got down by as much as 9, I believe. And I thought, Row. here it is. They ran out of gas. Dagnalt subs Shea in early with about 10 minutes to go in the quarter. And I kind of... I I do a pretty good job of taking notes throughout the game, Taylor. Just thoughts and little nuggets. I have two bullet points for the fourth quarter. The first one is 7-0 Blazers run to start. The second note literally says, bro, IDK, this is a total ass kicking.
2: (laughs) And it was a Thunder kicking ass, to be clear.
1: So the Thunder won the quarter 35-24. But the Blazers started on a seven row run. I think at one point, uh, I tweeted it. I don't know where it's at. It was like a 33 to seven run. Yep. At one point in time. Um, punctuated by an absolutely massive J Dub dunk oh flagrant, gosh. where he hit the floor and just let out this primal scream. Um <laughs> But
2: was started, kick started by the defensive effort.
1: Yes. I, I, I have some stuff specifically to talk about that fourth quarter defense when we get into uh, the five takeaways, but real fast, Taylor hit me with your, your fourth quarter takeaway uh, so we can get to the big things.
2: Um, I think there was an intensity there, a a response by OKC that just proved to me yet again that they quote unquote are starting to declare themselves. That seems very vague, uh, but that really starts with that defensive intensity. Like I mentioned, being able to lock down, respond, like you said, to a run, uh, Che even mentioned this in his post game. He was like, "Look, there's been, we played some really great players who have gone on runs." He mentioned LeBron a couple of nights ago. He mentioned Dame tonight. Uh, we like you said, we saw it at seven was it seven or a 0 run to start the fourth, and then they were able to respond uh, even without quote unquote veterans on four outside of Kendrick Williams. I mean, that is incredibly impressive, incredibly poised from a team as young as OKC is. Just really, really exciting stuff. And then the other one is actually something that. Uh, one of our listeners dropped in the chat here, uh, but we've had a lot of comments, so I can't find it. I appreciate that though. Oh, here it is. Uh, Augusto mentioned Shay coming back nine minutes in the fourth was surprising. I guess so that's kind of what I was getting at in the third quarter verified again, in the fourth, when Shay comes in earlier than usual, obviously getting closer and closer to that career high, uh, but also I think they don't really want to win this one as well. So I, I liked seeing that a lot
1: yeah fourth quarter had a blast i I was absolute blast i i was ridiculous tonight (laughs) my uh 30 i
2: I had very little analysis tweets and uh, a lot of hype all caps tweets and gifts and all the fun stuff man i just uh it was really really impressive stuff high level basketball we
1: haven't seen in a while all right so let's get back to our big takeaways First one, 21 had the shooters aim down from the nosebleeds. The shooting tonight, Taylor, uh, the team stats, the Thunder shoots 56.6% from the field, 47 of 83. They shoot 12 of 24, 50% from the three-point line. And they shoot 32 of 35, 91% from, uh, sorry, that that last one was a three-point line. I, I don't know if I said three or three. Uh 50% from the three-point line, 91% from the free throw line. So that's 56, 50 91 splits. Crazy. Um, I like the efficiency there, obviously. Especially
2: from the three-point line, Jake. This is something we t- we, I think individually and even collectively have touched on every single post-game. When you look at the three-point shooting for the Thunder, um, it, it typically tells the tell of the game. Oftentimes, like for example, that the game I covered Monday night against the Warriors. When they, they were just outshot from three. It, and obviously, the Thunder, or sorry, the warrior shot um, just tremendously efficient, uh, historically efficient. But the Thunder being able to shoot efficiently as they did tonight from three, just really impressive. You look at Josh Giddy, two of three, Lou Dort coming in, three of three, actually, six of six from the four. He was 100%, which is pretty hey, exciting. But three son. of three, 50% of those from three.
1: I'm just seeing this. Lou Dort was a plus. Thirty in this game tonight. That's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> that'll do. Plus thirty and twenty minutes. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that's pretty um, nice. So Isaiah so Joe four
1: four. Like, yeah, I was about to say Joe four four Dort three a three man two a four. Uh, Giddy, two of three, Shea took one three pointer on the night. Uh, the starters actually shot pretty poorly from three, they shot uh, two of six, seven, two of nine. I mean, and sh- the
2: shit, they only took four, seven, it only took nine threes as, yeah. as starting
1: five. Whereas the bench, I mean, Lou and Joe together go seven of seven. Uh, Isaiah Joe's ridiculous, automatic. And Taylor- there's a
2: there's a conversation for another day, uh, not tonight, maybe later, maybe even this weekend's uh, group podcast about. I don't want to put them necessarily against each other, but the Joe versus man minutes, what we've seen, Thunder mm-hmm. continue to give man the opportunity. Joe Joe, 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 played to
1: in clutch time tonight. Like they had him exactly. out there. They and trust Trey him enough defensively. Yeah. Impressive. They're
2: trying um, to give him the opportunity. And, and I mean, Joe just Joe's just to too good. Opportunity. Exactly.
1: exactly. Joe's just too good. Um, who was it? Nick mentioned this during the Lakers game. That the offensive efficiency, whenever Isaiah Joe is on the floor, is through the roof. And I think this is something that the front office has definitely taken note of. They've done a whole lot of crazy advanced analytics on this. I think moving forward, they know putting shooters around Shay and Josh and Dub. Chet is a shooter. Getting other shooters like that is going to skyrocket the offensive efficiency of this team makes me think a lot of uh brandon miller
2: yeah brandon miller Grady dick Grady dick
1: um Um, i i don't my guy's jared walker i love Um, yes i I don't know if jared walker is that shooter but the the efficiency jumps out all right we gotta move on to point number two which is i'm all star team jordan shea gilgis alexander is dumb this
2: insane
1: I just, I, I, just want to read the stat line, Taylor. Just, just let me just, just read some numbers that I, I hate math, and these numbers just make me insane. Shea Gilgis Alexander tonight played thirty nine minutes and scored forty four points. He scored 45 He scored forty four points while taking one three pointer, and he missed it. He scored 44 points on 13 of 16 from the field. He had three rebounds, seven assists, two steals, and a block. He was a plus 22 tonight. Went 18 of 19 from the free throw line. Absurd. Couple. Thunder PR tweeted game: first Thunder player in history. To have 40-plus points on 80-plus percent shooting.
2: And then StatMuse, the actual StatMuse, not the knockoff uh, local team (laughs) Twitter accounts, actual StatMuse. Shea's also the first player with 40 points and 15 uh, free throws made on 80-plus field goal efficiency in a game since Dirk Nowitzki in the 2011 playoffs. Uh, We're talking about a superstar here in OKC. And not just that, but Jacob, Like there's some plays on the defensive end of the floor that stand out to me. That, that he block didn't even jumper on Cam Reddish. Yes, the block jumper on Cam Reddish, and there was another. Uh, There's a defensive uh, deflection that he got.
1: Oh, it was uh, Jeremy Grant tried to post him yes. up, and he slipped around and tipped the ball. Dort came back and got it. He doesn't get the steal there, but that is just lead effort.
0: Insane. And, and yes, insane. I mean-
1: and and here's the thing, Taylor. They threw everything at him. They doubled. Uh, they boxed and won. Uh, they switch defenders on him. They try to put a big body like Grant. They try to put a smaller guy like Anthony Simons. They tried everything, and it just didn't work. You double him. You mean they th- shouldn't have traded cool Josh as- Hart? <laughs> you double him. He's as cool as the other side of the pillow. He just lets the double come. Hey, send two at me and leave somebody wide open. Swings the ball, leads to a wide open shot, and the move of the night. Taylor, I I texted you. Besides the game winners, the move of the year. He goes off the dribble, blows by Dame. Grant reaches over, rips the ball over the top for a little like Euro, gets up and throws it down. My second time to talk in tongues in one (laughs) night, as my eyes were fluttering in the back of my head and I was having a seizure after that one happened. Ridiculous. This dude is on another level. An absolute uh, other level. Oh, sorry, I was I
2: was going through here. Uh, Nate Jones, Jones on the NBA. Obviously, he's he's linked to Dan. Uh, he doesn't rep him in terms of like business deals, but, or sorry, in terms of like uh, NBA deals, but does in terms of his business deals. Um, he says, can tell SGA is heavy into film, just has great awareness. Neo and the Matrix this year. And that's such a great description, the Matrix. That's how Shea plays the game. And is able to get to the rim. It's it's yeah. matrix stuff, right? Like he, he just he sees lives the there, game at a, yeah. he, at a different speed than everybody else, and it's just uh, it's absolutely insane. He's also, impossible to guard. A lot of love for uh, just completely side note, uh, not one of our themes here, but a lot of love for Dignall. Uh, Nate Jones has some love for Dignall, um, and uh, Snotty Dripping <laughs> was the other one who he was tweeting there. Nice. I came across. I think that's that's important to to notice.
1: Takeaway number three: Them boys, they a handful. When they get going, like they did in the fourth quarter, getting stops, getting deflections, getting turnovers, they're insane. I mean, to have Jay, Josh, and Dub on the floor together, who can just grab the ball, go make every read on the floor, make every pass, starting to get to the point where they can get their own shot. Um, I mean, Dub had the huge dunk, but and I want to talk about Dubs defense when we get to another point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Josh had a move where he like drove in, hit like a little Euro and on the second step faded away and hit like a little fadeaway jumper that I was like, where the hell did that come from before that? I didn't even get a chance to tweet about this play. He drove in, hit a half spin spun back, jumped up. He was on the left side of the court and threw a two-handed overhead pass on the jump to the opposite corner where Isaiah Joe wasn't even at yet. He was still rotating and catches it in stride and pulls up for three. I mean, when they get going, what do we say, 32-9 to run after that 7-0 run? I I love our live viewers, Taylor, because they always know what I'm going to say. So, Eamon, Amon, <laughs> you can check it off the list. Here's the obligatory. Uh, this is without Chet in the lineup. Comment of the night, but this is without Chet. Like, what happens when you add a seven foot one rim protector who can shoot threes and lead the break? Exactly. Exactly. So, Jacob,
2: just to illustrate this, I looked up um, because it's something I've been keeping an eye on. And when you when you said that, I went ahead and pulled it up here. Um, pace leaders, and this is something. <laughs> I'm not right on, on many things, as our listeners probably can uh, can uh, attest. However, one thing I've mentioned over the past three seasons now, maybe four seasons, is that this Thunder team is at their best when they're pushing the pace, pushing the ball in transition. Uh, a player gets the ball uh, off the rim, pushes it in transition, finds the the ball handler, or playmaker, and then you just go with it, right? Uh, that That's when this Thunder team is at their best in regards to attacking the rim, also creating shots for others. The Thunder this season, actually, before I even get into that, Shea also mentioned that. that's something similar in his post game. Looking at pace leaders this season, the Thunder are third in a league behind only Golden State and the Los Angeles Lakers. They are at uh, 102.21, uh, and right above them is the Lakers at 102.33, Golden State at 103, essentially. And of those three teams, of those three leaders, the Thunder have the highest offensive rating. And I think that just shows you, like I said, the efficiency of this team when they're all pushing the ball in transition, playing in pace, but that starts on the defense end of the floor, right? Getting those stops, that defensive versatility, uh, get, getting the rebounds, you know, forcing contested shots. That's where it all begins. And so it's just really, really uh, impressive. I think it kind of shows what this team is building towards, but mm-hmm. also what they have right now.
1: Definitely. So continuing the fourth quarter takeover, my last thing before we move on to the next point. Um ten oh one in the fourth quarter. and Simons hits a three to make it one twelve to one oh three. Okay. So remember this one twelve, one oh three, ten minutes to go. Okay. With two minutes to go. So eight minutes later, I said it was one twelve, one oh three. With two minutes to go, so eight minutes later, it is one thirty-six to one twenty-one. <laughs> that is thirty-three to nine. That's insane. That's it, a heck that, of a that's run. That's a thirty-three to nine run in eight minutes.
2: It's a lot of points. That's a four points. That's scored. four
1: points per minute. And that starts on the defensive end of the fourth That's when we really saw the intensity pick up, right? One hundred percent. Um, one more offensive note before we get to the defense, take it to the paint, take it to the rim, the paint scoring tonight, Taylor, 70 points in the paint for the OKC Thunder, uh, out of their one thirty-eight. So half their points come in the paint. 70 is a lot.
2: Just want to revisit
1: what I tweeted out pregame. Again, this isn't, I, I just, in general, this puts this
2: stat into perspective as well. The Thunder didn't have Mike Muscala, didn't have Darius Baisley, although I understand Basley hasn't gotten a ton of time recently, uh, and JRE and Poku still out. So they had Jay Will trying to think who was like another actual bi- uh, Omarui. Omarui, and then he started
1: Kenrich Williams at the five. Exactly,
2: small ball. That's just effort, scheme. I mean, that's incredibly
1: And impressive. relentlessly attacking the basket, whether it yep. be in transition, in the half court, the passing today was on another level. I mean, I think Ken Rich had like three or four dunks tonight. Maybe my favorite one was uh, a J-Dub ISO at the top where he blew past his man off the dribble. And we didn't see this from Wiggins tonight. Wiggins struggled tonight. Taylor, Which is
2: weird because this is like such a Wiggins game. He's so yeah, great. Yeah, you, you would feel like it. Backdoor cuts.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: The one thing that this team does so well, and it goes to like the, the basketball IQ having smart basketball players, they cut so well off of drives. Anytime someone drives, someone else is cutting back door. Um, and I mean it's this play that I'm talking about, so J-Dub goes off the dribble and the man in the corner, the defender turns his head. So Kenrich immediately just cuts baseline. J-Dub just drops a bounce pass to a cutting Kenrich for a dunk. It's simple basketball, but you have to have the right basketball IQ to know what is a good cut and when is a good cut. They all cut so well. Uh, Shea and Josh connected on a few of them early in the game. Uh, Kenrich got a handful. Dub is always a great cutter. They just know exactly what they're doing, and whenever you have an offense that can flow like that, have guys that are smart enough to, to cut, to back cut, to screen, uh, to be able to pass to those cutters, they have all these dudes that just can, can do a little bit of everything.
2: Yes, that's just high IQ basketball. Smart basketball plays through the strengths of your best players, like Shea. Exactly. You mentioned J-Dub. I mean, oh my gosh, J-Dub distributing some tonight. I mean, that's even another topic (laughs) for another night. But something I I keep thinking about as well, Jacob, this is what we talked a lot about with Andre Robertson, is yes, uh, on the offensive end of the floor, he was not a great force spacer in regards to his three-point shooting, his shooting in general, but he was a great cutter. And that in itself, yeah, vertical, Spacing, which is the the law of threats, right? You have the the outside spacing, which is the shooting. But there's some spacing that's created as well when you have guys that are able to to cut off ball like that. And that's what this team is really, really great at.
1: 100%. Our last takeaway, Taylor, and then we have to hit the comments and get out of here. Um, City coming off a lockdown. (laughs) The defensive length. I mentioned it in the first quarter, the switching. Something I noticed tonight this is um why am I forgetting the word an anecdote, an anecdote of the thunder defense, okay,
2: because it's twelve thirty seven a m central time
1: <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> why I'm still, forgetting it. We are still fired up. Here's an anecdote that I think sums up what this defense is becoming, okay, first off, they just they're they're super long. they switch everything and they're just I, I tweeted that menace to society picture for Lou Dort tonight, uh Lude, I mean. Damian Lillard's uh, boogeyman in the closet is a Lou Dort, for sure. But my anecdote. Here we go. I digress. For the past three years, whenever the Thunder play an elite score like a Damian Lillard, like a Luka Doncic, whoever. And I think you can attest to this, Taylor. You, You can back me up here. Lou Dort guards that guy. And the defensive game plan is Dort. Fight through every screen. Don't switch. I, I talked about this Monday.
2: I said, this is where we are missing Lou Dort.
1: Come yeah, yeah. Uh, against the, the Warriors. The defensive game plan is always Dort gets through the freaking brick wall, whatever it is, the U.S. military to get back to his man. right? And big the, man drops back in coverage to prevent yes. the lob. The plan is not to switch. The plan is not to... Um, you know, do something cute and clever. It's Dort get to the guy with the ball. The best player stick on him. Now, there's times they switch in like the middle of the second quarter. Or they run a three-two or whatever. Okay, or
2: even when losing, like you'll have a, a another wing type player who will shadow or show and then drop back in coverage to, Ten- to give Lou a little, little time. But
1: t- yes, I'm with you tonight in the fourth quarter. Every time Lou got screened while guarding Dame, the Thunder intentionally switched J Dub up to Dame and let him go one on one. And there was a possession where they did that. Dame was isolated at the top of the key, did all of his dancing moves. Dub stayed in a stance, did not bite on any pump fakes kept those freakishly long, as Bill Simmons calls them, the Freddy Krueger arms, out wide, slid with him, followed him all the way to the paint, forced an off-balance pass to the corner. The problem is, once Dane passed it, Dub relaxed. Dane popped back out to three, caught it, shot it, and hit it. But the willingness of this coaching staff to break what they've done for four years in clutch time, which is Dort guards him, Everyone else, just shut the hell up. Get out of the way. Let Dort do his job. (laughs) Now it's, if Dort gets put in a screen, we're comfortable switching this 21-year-old rookie on him. Because he has a ridiculous wingspan. They are so incredibly high on J-Dub's potential on that end. Like, we don't have sources, Taylor. We don't have anybody like in the coaching staff feeding us information, anything like that. The way they talk about this kid, like they—they're talking about him like all defense. One one day, right? Like not this season, obviously. You are starting to see the pieces come together, and when you have Dort doing what he does, when you have J Dub putting it all together, when you have Shea as engaged as he is, here's time number two. You bring Chet back. <laughs> And then he just puts a lid on everything inside. I mean, we're talking like a top three defense in the league, Taylor, as soon Easily. as – Can Ooh, I say even, as soon as next year?
2: Yeah. Well, even think about getting guys like – or a guy like JRE back this season who was so great. One thing that we really raved about with JRE last year was his ability to be able to guard smaller – Yeah, uh, his switching ability. With, on, the, on the perimeter as a big – I mean, 110%. It's awesome. It's
1: awesome. All right. I'm done. Let's hit the comment section <laughs> because the degenerates are out in mass tonight. They deserve to be heard. Uh, you just want me to go through these and let you— Let's do it. Uh, or I can
2: do it either, either way.
1: I'll go through them. You react. Uh, cool. I'm capping us. We're at 37 minutes right now. I'm capping us at five minutes. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Nathan <laughs> says, great way to finish the road trip. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, is this Viking 79? Thunder are really good. Craig says they're making believers out of everybody.
2: Hey, I did have a, uh, uh, you know, what is it? Uh,
1: halfway joking
2: tweet at, at the end of this game that the Phoenix Suns are watching this young Thunder team, seeing the upcoming Thunder team, and are starting to second guess that uh, trading everything for
1: Kevin Durant. I don't know if you saw my tweet. Uh, Chet the other night tweeted, if you play with the Suns now, you're the problem on 2K. And I said... <laughs> They had to go get someone to to contest with you next year. Beautiful, I loved it. Oh, I can't wait! Can't wait to get Chet. Um, Rod says Blazers gave up with two minutes to go.
2: Not even sure they like necessarily gave up as much as it was. Just that shows you the the poise of both these teams and why that's so impressive that this, that this Thunder team possesses that that mentality that they do.
1: Uh. Andrew says, best plays of the game. J-Dub's poster, Shea's D-Wade-esque layup. That was more than a layup, my guy. And Lou (laughs) Dort locking up Dame. If you had to choose one of those three, Taylor, which are you going with?
2: Ooh. I think I'm going to go ahead and go with the the J-Dub dunk simply because it started on the defensive end. Dub got a deflection, led to Lou getting another deflection, led to, I believe, Shea getting the steal, which eventually led to that J-Dub poster. But, man, that's Shea. Hachet, drive and dunk was just, I mean, that's gonna, going to be a season highlight. So that, that's tough. But I'm getting of that gift tattooed on my body. That's right.
1: <laughs> uh, Amen, incredible. Lu Tang entered the Dorty Six Chambers instead Beautiful. of the 36 Chambers. Chef's kiss, Amen. Um, Hotspot Casino says, here comes the challenge this next game. The next game would be the Pelicans and OKC, Taylor.
2: They've been struggling a bit, though, recently as well. They're obviously battling injuries. No Zion until after the all-star break. Um, Brandon Ingram's still trying to get back in shape. It'll be interesting. It's a good challenge.
1: Uh, Andrew says he's listening from the Philippines.
2: Big time. Shout that out that to Andrew. That is
1: awesome. Uh, Eamon says we're at the point of the season where we say Lou Dort is a long-term piece. We've talked a lot about yeah. Lou being a trade piece for this team. Yep. Maybe yep. that's not
2: the case. Agreed. Um, I I kind of talked about that Monday after the Golden State Warriors post game. Like maybe he isn't the super versatile player that Presty has been drafting, building this team around. But he fits a very specific need for this team, and so at such a high level. You can see Lou sticking long term with this team.
1: Craig says that Shea shot chart looked like the world's Beautiful. best darts player. Yeah, just all clustered right there in the middle. Incredible um danny rich says hog j played really smooth and held his own hog i like hog j J. that's
2: pretty good that's pretty good he really did he continues to really impress and uh, i understand that wasn't the sole reason mike muscala was traded but certainly played a factor would be my analysis
1: there tristan says next two games pels and rockets at paycom four game one streak over 500 entering the eight-day layoff for the all-star break you think that happens
2: they are really struggle, like something like mentally, internally, they really struggle getting over that five hundred mark. Uh, they've had a couple different chances this season. I keep forgetting if there's one more game after the Pelicans game. I think I said that incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Monday night's post game, uh, heading into it's the, the All Star break. I'm gonna think they're, they'll probably split those. Let's say we go into All Star break five hundred.
1: Okay, I like it. Uh, I think for what it's worth, I think JRE will be back Monday. Uh, and I think Usman will be back with the team Monday. Just they're short on bodies. You might also see Dario Saric, uh, J not J Will, JRE, and Usman had great games in the G League tonight. Uh, Josh Thunder up from Ethiopia. That is incredible. Uh, Augusto says Dort's hitting threes after weeks without playing is also incredible.
2: I would agree. Very true.
1: Uh, Malik says Anthony Simons' inability to contribute without scoring makes me so excited for J Dub because we've seen him contribute to a win with two points. Couldn't agree more. The versatility of J Dub uh, is is why they drafted him, right? Exactly. Um. God, there's so many of these here. <laughs> uh, Amon brings up uh. Isaiah Joe's step back three after he dropped Eubanks banks. Like there was a sniper in the rafters.
2: I'm not tooting. I promise I uh, am simply <laughs> continue to put my phone down here on the leather and then pull it back out. I just need to
1: keep it up here. Augusto says <laughs> the difference between an Isaiah Joe type of shooter and a Lindy waters type of shooter can get you a championship. Hmm. That's interesting. That uh, uh, I, I think I probably good- agree point dame five of six in the first and then five of 12 the rest of the game that's incredible that's that's lewdord the Dort effect. effect yeah <laughs> um Viking can't believe the clippers traded sga I, uh right well there's been
2: him. a lot of talk about that especially this, this will trade the we'll line the the superstar trades that we've seen uh there's been a lot of talk about that nationally
1: kamel brings up uh dub and josh leveling up in crunch time they were awesome tonight in crunch time.
2: I continue, like, the chemistry between those two plus Shea. is just really promising, incredibly exciting to watch.
1: Kamel also says the Josh Kenrich-Williams connection is insane. It's automatic. It really is. Uh, totally Maybe agree. the best chemistry on the team. Uh, Manus says, this was a pivot point for me. If we lost, then I'm back on the tank train. But since we won, it's the playoff train from here on out.
2: I feel that for sure. Like the Thunder, I believe, were, what was it, like three games from sixth best best odds or something crazy like that, but they just continue to show time after time. Um, I mean, obviously they're they're not going to give up, Um, but I I get it. Like you see after the trade deadline, a lot of Western Conference teams continuing to improve. Um, It makes you kind of wonder like, okay, maybe the Thunder should just kind of like, you know, stay a little steady and maybe they ain't interested in that. Exactly. That's what we, we saw tonight.
1: Last one. Brian says, has anyone had a steeper improvement curve than J will? I was going to mention this earlier. Jay Will's is steep. Uh, it's like exponential right now. It's just like basically just straight, <laughs> straight up. up. It's incredible. Taylor. It's 1250 AM. Good thing. It's a Friday. <laughs> no, thank kidding. you so much for joining me. And thank you to the degenerate squad for hopping in watching us we're in triple digits right now at 1250. 50. <laughs> one, 1 a.m. Thank god it's <laughs> Friday folks. Um but hey I learned last time I did a super late podcast that our Aussie friends uh are enjoying their like 5 30 p.m right now so shout out to all our, our Aussie Aussies. folks who are in here uh worldwide that's incredible Philippines, Ethiopia Philippines Ethiopia uh just incredible so thank you guys so much we will be back with you Sunday night for our regularly scheduled weekly stream. That would be 9 p.m. Central Time. After
2: my Chiefs. After the Super
1: Bowl. After the Super Bowl, of course. Of course. If they don't. Oh, Rod, I'm sorry. I I didn't mention our New Zealanders. Uh, Shout out to our New Zealanders as well, of course. Of course. So Sunday night, your regularly scheduled live stream. Make sure to tune in. Make sure to sub to the YouTube channel. And then we are back with you guys Monday as the Thunder take on the Pelicans. Uh, I'm not sure who has that game, but one of us uh, will be on the post game after that one. Normal hours, that one should be on about 9.30, 10 p.m. And then Wednesday, hopefully it's another slaughtering of the Rockets. And we will be back with you on that one. And then the All-Star break. And we will have tons of content from that as our own Nick Crane will be out at uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I hope you saw our tweet today, our our own all-star
2: slut. How can you mess that up so bad?
1: Our own all-star slut will be out there. You guys have a great, great, great weekend. Join us on Sunday. Until then, enjoy this one, guys, because it was a blast. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, thunder up.